Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we're talking about The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett. Oh, this is one of my favorite books as a kid. Um, but kind of revisiting it, there were like a few things that didn't really sit that well with me. So I'm, I'm in- <laughs> I was thinking of you about for a few parts. Oh, okay. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder what Carrie thinks about this. Part. <laughs> this, this part is PC. Yes, she'll have something to say. This seems questionable. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about. Um, I think we have an announcement up front. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, a little while ago, we had a special giveaway for Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. Um, there was a few books and a couple other goodies. And uh, the winner of that uh, was Ashley Morton. So, thank you, Ashley, for entering and for listening to Fiction, Fiction Kitchen Podcast. Yeah, congratulations. And hope you enjoy the goodies. Indeed. <laughs> All right, so let's um, before we get into the secret garden, let's do tasty time. Tasty time, um, where we talk about um, what we've seen in fiction food the last couple weeks. Um, so, how about you? Yeah, I would like to mention uh, food, or it's cook your comics. So it's food from comics. Oh, neat! Yeah, uh, so there's a website called Women Write About Comics. And I'm a woman who likes to read comics, so that's how yes. I happened upon this website. Cool. Yeah. In fact, you've gotten me into a couple comics. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, we totally need to have a Miss Marvel episode Oh, we at should. Some point. Yes. Yeah, so recently, um, I, a, a friend of mine um, began hosting a comic club, so we kind of um, have started this comic club, and, and uh, yeah, and we're actually reading... Um, Miss Marvel next month. Oh, awesome! So, so I'll be able to check in with you on that. Um, so yeah, so I love comics. Super cool. If you like comics, you should start a comic club too, because <laughs> it's fun to just um, just get together and and talk about uh, read new comics and then talk about them. Um, so this women write about comics. They have a uh, well, they have a, a whole like food, uh, you know label that you can look up um but specifically they have cook your comics um segment and also occasionally drink your comics um (laughs) but yeah so they have like one of the more recent ones is super girlfriend guacamole from hellcat like inspired by hellcat um and let's see let's look at some others Marvel holiday comics for drink your comics. So like Marvel holiday drinks. <laughs> um and they have an appetizer for our man. Anyway, so just really fun. Um like you could you can see if they have something for your favorite comics or just, you know, look at the recipes and maybe get interested in some in a new comic. Um Oh yeah, I'm looking at the website now. They have like a several part series um, for Thanksgiving, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's one: drink your comics, witchy comics. Let's click. Uh, on that yes, please. Yeah, witchy comics, toil and trouble. <laughs> Let's see. 
So what better way to enjoy cocktails, comics, and... Oh, and so this was Halloween time last year. Uh, so Harrow County, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Witches, Toil and Trouble, and Others. So that those are some comics. Oh, how fun! Um, that they mentioned and that I love my Halloween inspired. recipes. <laughs> yeah, so you might like some of these Halloween comics yeah. too. So, well, you remember, do you remember Sabrina, the teenage witch? Of course. So that yeah, Melissa Joan Hart, and then also like there was an animated series for that. Yeah, and now I think we remember that. There's uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina um, comic series. Oh, fun. So so anyway, what so a drink was inspired by that. So there are a bunch of. <laughs> So there are these several drinks inspired by Halloweeny or witchy comics. So that's cool. Yeah. So again, it's women write about comics, and they have um, cook your comics um, segments every once in a while. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So what is your tasty time? Mine is I've really been missing Mad Men since it's been off the air. Uh. Yeah, that's one of my favorite shows. But um, there was a ton of food in it, and one of the best um, websites I found um, with stuff is the unofficial Mad Men cookbook. Um, oh, and I don't yeah. actually have the cookbook, but I'm interested in it, and I've had my eye on it for a while, so I might get around to, you know... Yeah. I think they have a Twitter, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely yeah. follow them. It's, um, on Twitter, it's at Dine Like Draper. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I follow that tri- Twitter account, and, which, which is cool, because they also post a bunch of, like, um, like, other kind of stuff from the era, you know, like cocktails mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, but the cookbook looks really cool because um, there's lots of food scenes in the series, whether they're, like, out at, you know, New York establishments or, you know, at dinner parties at the characters' houses. And, um, you know, there's there's lots of fun things. And so those are all in the cookbook. But on the website, there's a blog, and um, they have some recipes on the website as well. And, and just other kind of, you know, interesting food-related details. So yeah, it's it's pretty pretty fun and interesting. Nice. Yeah, it says dine like Draper and drink like Sterling. Yes. <laughs> yes, nice. Sterling just drinks straight vodka, so <laughs> that's not that complicated. <laughs> yeah, so I I never watched Mad Men, but but yeah, I had oh man, uh, I it's had so heard good. while it was it's on, so and, yeah. I, and it, probably from you, and also I think just. Um, seeing things online, yeah. That, yeah, that there was just a lot of food in it. Yeah, and there is a ton of food. That's really cool. In fact, like I, I went back and I was like kind of rewatching the show and making notes, like we are prone to do nowadays. And there was like mm-hmm. a ton of stuff. And in like, um, like in business meetings, they have like shrimp cocktail, and then like they're having, um, like I said, they had parties and stuff, which are pretty interesting, and tons and tons and tons of drinks. Like all they do is drink. So. <laughs> But you should do the they know how to do cocktails. Food caps for that one too. I know, yeah. If I ever <laughs> get around to finishing my Twin Peaks one, maybe I'll jump in another show. Yeah, because that would be a good one. But um, yeah, fun stuff. Nice. All right, so let's talk about the Secret Garden. I, I was like excited to revisit this, and for the most part, I enjoyed it. Um, but like I said, there's a couple things that, you know, so-so that we'll talk about, but, um, but what about you? Like, you hadn't, um, read the book before, and so, um, this was your first time reading it. What'd you think? Yeah, so I listened to the audiobook, and I enjoyed it, um, but I, years ago, actually, when it was in the movie theater, I did see the 1993 film, so, like, that was the, at that point, that was the only 
experience that I had with The Secret Garden other than just like, you know, knowing that it was a classic novel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so yeah. So for the podcast, this is the first time that I uh, experienced the book. I say experienced because again, it was audio books. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read the book, but um, yeah. And, and I watched the, the 93 film again um, and then started to watch the, well, and I had watched the Back to the Secret Garden movie some years ago. Um, and so I started to watch that again for the just to mention it for this episode, but I didn't finish it and I kind of don't want to. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially after reading or um, listening to the audiobook, like getting the real thing. Yeah. And then watching back to the secret garden, like, mm, Me, yeah. yeah, it kind of gets watered <laughs> down the more. Yeah, well, we're just from the sources. made into something different. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but yeah, I, so I enjoyed the audiobook, um, but there were some points where I was falling asleep and because I. <laughs> Like, I mean, I think it's just the kind of a sign of of the time period, because it was written in, what, 1910? Yeah, 1910. Yeah. Um, so some of the the writing was kind of tedious yeah, to me. Yeah, like flowery. I think, you know, yeah. also because it was one of those things that was published, like, in, um, in serial format... Like, sometimes those are a yeah, little bit more difficult to read, because I don't know if they, like, make them more long or flowery, because they're getting paid yeah. by the word, but sometimes, yeah, they're a little bit more, um, I don't know, superfluous than they need to be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, like, I I really liked certain aspects of it, uh, and, the, and I liked the story overall, and the symbolisms, and the themes, and all that, and the characters were great, um... But yeah, it was just some of the descriptions and like kind of going off on a tangent or like describing things that really had nothing to do with anything or like, so it kind of, some of the, so some of the text just kind of dragged the story or made, slowed it up. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the heart of the story and the characters were, yeah, were great. I, and yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yes. And yes, some, a lot of the <laughs> things were dated <laughs> as well. Some of the, um, terminology and, and things like that. But, yeah, like, I yeah. didn't reread it for this. Like, I, like I said, I read it, like, a, a ton as a kid. Um, this and um, A Little Princess, one of her other books, um, I really mm -hmm. loved and, and read a lot, but I didn't reread it um, for this, so I don't really recall much of the writing style. I think when I was, um, like, younger, I loved that kind of thing because it made me feel smart. <laughs> so, <laughs> to be reading these, like, you know, um, like, flowery language books. Um, yeah. But anyway, you know, like, it, it is, like, a really um, beautiful story and, like, the heart of it. And Mar Mary's arc, um, the main character in particular, like, I, I really love. But then there's just some stuff surrounding it. Um, well, I feel like her arc, I feel like the the end of her arc, like, if you imagine that it's, <laughs> like, an actual arc, it, like, kind of fizzles out at the end, like, fades and like yeah it starts focusing on because it becomes yeah all about Colin Colin yeah and Mary just because so that so that did kind of I mean it, so it felt really abrupt to me the ending mm -hmm. because it didn't end because it began with Mary right so and focused it on didn't her feel for the most part throughout. really wrapped up or concluded yeah. because I mean we don't have to know like which boy she chose or whatever like I don't mean like that right, but right, I mean right. it just didn't end with her or she just became like a background character, mm -hmm. and at least, but in the movie, they they kind of 
you know, they, they shifted a lot of things around and kind of added things in and stuff to kind of make it more cohesive and more of a coming full circle type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that, but, but, but of course it was different, um, from the, from the book, but mm-hmm. yeah. Cause yeah, Mary just kind of was like drifts to the background and <laughs> it becomes all about Colin. Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer yeah. cause she's our pro- protagonist for like, you know, I know. And she's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Why don't we give a quick <laughs> summary before we get too yeah, far into it? it? Just said that we know who this Mary person is. Um, so Mary Lennox is a little girl and I think I always think of Annie Lennox. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she's, she's a 10 year old girl and, um, she, she was born and raised in India. Um, her parents are pretty awful. They pretty much neglect her and she's raised by servants. Um, but when she's 10, there's this like cholera outbreak and everyone dies or runs away. And so she's left alone and sent to, um, Yorkshire to live with her her uncle right who archibald craven yeah and so yeah so it's just about like kind of her her life as as she comes there like she's a very like sour weak you know spoiled selfish girl you know just has a bad attitude basically (laughs) but then you know she um so she comes to live on the countryside and um begins to finds this little little garden that was hidden away and starts to grow it and just like she kind of changes as the garden does the garden blossoms and she becomes healthier and kinder and um you know makes some friends and yeah dickens one of my favorite characters he's um her servant is um martha and dickens is her brother so Mary plays with him, and then she meets her um, cousin who was hidden away in this giant house, and he the invalid, yeah, yeah, Colin, and yeah, Colin yeah, Colin. exactly. So he's very sick and stays in this room all day, um, and they kind of nurse him back to health w- along with the garden too. So it's just, um, it's a story of transformation and rejuvenation, and um, overall is nice. But like I said, there's a couple things that hurt me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, do you have a favorite character? Is it Mary? No, it's Dickens. Or... I love Dickens. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love him. He's he's very sweet and kind, and um, loves animals, yeah. and just seems like he embodies the spirit of like the garden and nature and the moors and um yeah i just think he's a really sweet character yeah mary i like a lot too like she cracks me up she's definitely like very witty and i like her bad attitude to be honest yeah well it's really cool she's had such a horrible life and she kind of um (laughs) uses that as her defense mechanism and and it's you know she's very headstrong and i like that about her you know because i mean a lot of people would just like crumble under what she had been through you know so I, I appreciate yeah. her spirit, even if she is a bit nasty. <laughs> well, what's kind of cool... Well, so she's oblivious to how she affects other people. Like, she just, yeah, knows one way of being and has never been uh, told that it was a wrong way of being. Right, yeah. And so she finally, yeah, throughout through the course of this story, she realizes that her, you know, how her actions affect others because, well, one, because she meets 
a kindred spirit (laughs) she meets colin who is very much like her right uh, because like they're both, know, no one ever told they're him, both no, awful you should not act insufferable that way. children but it's not yeah. their fault at all because they've had horrible yeah. lives <laughs> so, but then but they yeah. change once they realize yeah. that, that they shouldn't act you know yeah. that they affect people negatively mm-hmm. um but it's cool because yeah their contrariness you know that is very merry quick and cheery yeah like it's uh it's a negative thing, but it's also, like you said, it makes them strong mm-hmm. too. Like it's also a positive thing, and so yeah, it's like yeah, kind of frightful. It's to... like frightful at times, and then it's like a blessing at right, times. Right? They just need to apply it in the right way. <laughs> yeah, like especially when when Colin when he was like having a fit, like a crying fit, and then Mary is like. Don't act that way. Like she totally put him in his place, but like right. She's so like, that was her contrariness, yeah, yeah. but but it was also her strength. Mm-hmm. Like because nobody else would would stand up. Yeah, to him she's not putting up the with that crap. Of the house. Yeah, so it's very very cool. I like I like when characters like they're just they just are who they are, and like maybe you know how they are is not the way society would expect them to be or like or how they should be but then it it, it actually helps to solve problems right you know, it, and especially well. like in this not just create them yeah. in this world in society like there's a lot of things wrong with the status quo you know so mm-hmm. by not just going along with it yeah you do create positive change sometimes in this story that's definitely yeah. true oh i and i love i don't know who said this but um, a description. So this this is one of the things I really liked about the writing um, was the descriptions of the characters. Mm-hmm. And just, just for example, Cullen is described as a hysterical, half crazy little hypochondriac. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mr. Well, that Craven. Sounds about right. Yeah, and then Mr. Craven was uh, described. The sight of him was a wrong done to other people. <laughs> A poor guy, but but then but everybody good. changes and grows just like yes, the garden grows yes. and becomes beautiful and full of life. I think wick. I think they become wick, <laughs> alive. Yes, yeah. wick. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that their last name is Craven, which is like a synonym for like coward, Crave. cowardly. Oh, yeah, which is kind of interesting. I was like Craven. I'm craving yeah. some <laughs> food. Like I'm craving some. <laughs> <laughs> they were craving affection and each other. Yeah, no, a, cra- but, a craven but is a coward. craven means yeah. cowardly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like I was saying, I really enjoy Mary's arc, and there's some, like, good details that I think are added in for that. Like, one that sticks out in my mind is her, um, her skipping rope. Um, and... She, um, yeah, she has this rope and she can barely do it to begin with, you know, and then as she gets healthier, um, you know, she starts getting fatter, her hair gets nicer, like, she gets an appetite. Um, yeah, I love how they talk and about like she, getting fat as a positive Yeah, thing. exactly. Like, yeah. Like, roses. I'm so healthy. Roses in her cheeks. Yeah, well, like, she was so, like, just yeah, gaunt they were both and so sick, sick when, and, yeah, exactly, yeah. when she arrived, and so it was, it was nice that, they you know, talk, she's... They talk about how they're getting plump and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah but then plump. when she was able to skip to 100 it was like a big triumph for her you know and it was just it's nice i love transformation stories and so yeah definitely yeah it's very very much a transformation story like that Mm -hmm. yeah 
But that was, yeah, it was cute in the movie when Martha gave gave her the rope and just Mary's sour little face, like, what am I supposed to do with this? I know. Like, this is crap. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Martha, she was, she's a really great character. She is. And I really like how they made her in the film, too. Uh, well, they kind of fleshed her out a little more in the film, and I mean, she's she's a young person. I don't know how old she's supposed to be, but mm-hmm. but she's very motherly. And but that was a tragedy that they in the film they totally cut the character of Martha and Dickens' mom. Right? Yeah. Susan was it? Susan Sowerby. Yeah. Yeah, and because she is just a fabulous person. Yeah, and in fact, I was going to say, like, every adult in this story is awful with the exception of her. Like, she she is just such a positive force in everyone's life. And why should they care about this poor little rich girl, you know, but she really does, um, you know, go out of her way to take care of her. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, just the way, like, when she, when Susan Sowerby enters the garden, kind of towards the end of the book, and how it describes, like, how the children look at her, like, it's, like, with reverence, and, like, like yeah, I was just, I really, really enjoy the the descriptions, and the, you know, the way that the characters are, are talked about, and how they relate to each other, how they see each mm-hmm. other, too. Like, the sparking eyes, like, and Cullen, like, um... It seemed like it was from Mary's perspective and, like, like Cullen, when he stood up and he got, like, he looked really tall and straight and his eyes sparked like lightning or something like that. And it's just really cool descriptions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that was sad in the movie that they cut um, Susan Sowerby out. Yeah. She was awesome. Yeah, so there were some, like, the film was good, um, but yeah, they kind of, they did change. Yeah, the film Some things. was fine. Like, there was no cholera outbreak in the beginning. Uh, it was, like, an attack or something. I don't no, know. No, I think it was supposed to be an, an earthquake. earthquake. It was yeah. ridiculous. Like, everything really was tell. shaking, and the funniest thing is there were, like, elephants. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on. Like, yeah. the elephants got, li- like, I don't know if it was a natural disaster or if it was some kind of, like, war happening. Or, like, no, I think it was... And then the elephants I got loose. I think they actually not- mentioned that it was, <laughs> it was an earthquake. But, yeah, it was very silly. Oh, okay. Um yeah, yeah, but on the other hand, like, cholera is horrific, so they maybe didn't want to show that in this children's movie, even though that's what happens in the book. Well, um, and that's, I mean, that is very meaningful in the book, because it's that, it's not, like, every, Mary was found abandoned in the house by yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah. Like, her, her parents died, but, like, the servants, and, that, like, they... Some, I mean, a lot of them died too. But like people, yeah, no, like not all they of them just died. Some to the house, some fled, yeah. yeah, and they totally could have taken her. But with nobody them, but checked yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, her ayah, her ayah had died. Well, her ayah had died, but then, like, I guess she was one of the first ones to die of the cholera. Right. Ayah, <laughs> I'm like, that's what my daughter says when she's doing taekwondo. Ayah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, her her mate, her nursemaid, yeah, I guess. yeah. Um, but yeah, but then there are other servants. So that, I mean, so that's very telling, even, I mean, in the film, they, it kind of begins with, like, I mean, you get the vibe that her parent they're kind of like absentee parents or whatever, but, like, but in the book, it really hits home. It's not even just the parents, even, like, the servants and stuff. It's just, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, no, she was completely 
unwanted, just like the garden, you know, that had just been yeah. abandoned and yeah <laughs> yeah and the people just talk about her they even went like right in front of her like oh she's a plain looking little thing or a little sour <laughs> or whatever like yeah i think sour is the perfect <laughs> word to describe yeah. her <laughs> but who wouldn't be my goodness i know but yeah she was a very strong very strong personality and then and then when so she was very strongly well, I mean, negative, but, but I mean, but she wasn't mean, really, out, or like purposely mean. But right. anyway, but then, but then she turned very strongly positive, like when that, when she became aware of herself more, mm-hmm. like, and, and her surroundings. And so, so yeah, it was a very strong, she's just really, yeah, really cool. Yeah. So while I enjoyed Mary's art quite a bit, um, I think it's, it's Collins that really bothers me. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, he just kind of takes over. <laughs> yeah, and not that just that he takes over, but, like, Little I mean, Raja. hers feels very natural. Like, mm-hmm. she went from kind of a weird situation, you know, to having, from having, like, neglectful parents and raised by, which, I mean, I guess sounds bad nowadays, but probably wasn't all that uncommon then, so, I mean, still, like, not a great childhood, mm-hmm. but not, like, a horrific one, um, you know, besides, yeah. like, you know, the, the disasters that, that happen, but then, you know, she comes to a place and meets kind people and becomes a good person, like, that, that all feels very natural, um, Colin is kept in a room in his own home, and he has a father who's alive that, neglects him because he's so traumatized by his mother's death. Like, so that's the first thing I, I mm-hmm. like, really upsets me is that his, his father would just... That's very him, like, gothic, most... isn't it? It like, is. I know. Like, like it was of, very, like, yeah. um, Jane Eyre. You know, you've got this, like, crazy person kept in a secret <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah, it's... it's yeah, kind of... so like, sad very, because he's a child. Very disturbing, yeah. So he's yeah. an invalid. He can't walk. And it's not because... Well, okay, so there's two ways of looking at it that I think are equally disturbing. So one mm-hmm. is that, you know, that that I think the the book is about because um, Francis Hodgson Burnett was a Christian scientist. So mm-hmm. their belief is that, you know, positive thinking can kind of cure illness and illness is not like a real thing and I think that's kind of how they go with the book because like you have this bedridden yeah, very much. this bedridden kid that um you know once they take him out and give him some fresh air and you know this or that he like magically can walk and there's nothing really wrong with him yeah. like one of the quotes is thoughts are as powerful as electric batteries yeah well and yeah, so, so like I... I am a big believer in positive thinking but not to the point that it can cure illnesses you know I, I think that yeah. i think that is kind of like a dangerous thought so like one either there's nothing wrong with this kid which first of all is horrifying because then he just can't walk because he's purely been neglected and left to that, atrophy that was for years and years and years. Like, that's what I took away but from that's, it, that. But that's, like, yeah, so twisted, much right? more like, messed up than, you know, whatever. And the other thing, I mean, the other interpretation is that he is really sick, but, like, if he was, then I don't think any amount of 
fresh air can like cure this kid, you know? So I don't, I don't like his, his really bothers me. Like whether you think he's actually sick and is magically cured or you think that nothing's wrong with him, but like what a horrible way to live, like kept in this room for 10 years in the dark and yeah you know it's and well it's because it's the father i mean it's all on the father yes i mean not maybe not all of it but well i mean the servants and stuff like they i think they kind of they just went along with it because he's you know they're supposed to do whatever he said they're right yeah no it's completely him and so and i so i don't i think what he did was unforgivable and i hated like I don't, the end, I don't, I don't, it was kind of, yeah. I don't remember how they, they treated it in the book. I hated it in the movie because he comes back and he's like, you know, oh, he's all good now. He's happy. And he even gives Mary a hug when she's upset or whatever. Like, he's saving the day or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, it's like you, all of a sudden. Uh, just, uh, it, terrible. Yeah. Terrible, like terrible in person. Book, <laughs> in the book, like, at the, towards the end of the book, if it does feel kind of hurried or kind of, like, shoved in the like like the the message well, like uh, and it makes more sense like you're saying if he has like a christian science um background uh the author but like yeah so it's all kind of like loaded in there yeah in the last couple chapters and then yeah like we never get anything from the perspective of uh of the uncle or of cullen's father cullen's father until until the end and yeah like and he's like pretty much like oh i've been a bad father but i'm gonna go back now because i had a dream about my dead wife Mm -hmm. i don't know like ever yeah but so it's like i mean it's good yes change great but like that's really an understatement that yes you were a bad father like so mary's arc felt very natural and i could see the rejuvenation of her but like yeah, with mm-hmm. with Colin and um, Mr. Craven, I'm like, mm, this is there's th- it's the same story, but it's like messed up because of the details, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess where she she was emo like um, emotionally stunted, affect- <laughs> yeah. affected, yeah, by her parents' uh, actions, but and then Colin Colin was like physically physically well and and thus yeah <laughs> meant like emotionally and stuff but yeah so i mean i wonder if that was like let's have two kids and like have the like mental and physical aspect i don't know yeah but but yeah you're right it's but i guess again like very gothic like so it's kind of I don't know. I guess to like add the mystery and whatever, and yeah, especially because she doesn't even know this kid exists until. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine being in a house big enough that there's like? I know, six hundred years. Their family has stuff. been living there. I'm like, oh my gosh, because yeah. there's like hundreds of rooms. Amazing. And Love it. like, can you imagine all the stuff that you would find and just, yeah. So that's. Just sounds incredible to me. Yeah, but then they, she like hears. Yeah, and so the whole the, reason for, like the, for a the garden while, is she a secret is like it's locked him, by yeah. a little key. Like you have to have a key to get into this garden. Yeah, yeah. So and, it's very much magical realism. Yes, and and I like uh, I like that a, a lot. Yeah, you know? 
So I like that part back of it. to the Secret Garden, this movie that I watched a while ago but and then was watching again but didn't finish um in time but I kind of wanted to turn it off anyway <laughs> because they do make it that it's magic. Like they it, so it's so it's kind of like uh just leave it like that kind of vague. Yeah. Because they really show they had like the door was there in the wall and then the person le- like the little girl left and then the audience sees the the door glow blue and then disappear. Oh, how annoying. <laughs> and the cur- the curtains of ivy close like it's like no. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like yeah, the the events of the book, like they could have been a stretch, but nothing was outside the realm of possibility, you know. Yeah. yeah. The really interesting thing was like the ro- the robin that like went yeah kind of exactly to where the key was leads buried. Her to yeah. Yeah, and then uh, towards the end, um, we actually get narration from the robin's perspective, <laughs> which was kind of cool. I mean, that's not magical, but like kind of cute but kind of making the robin more like personifying the yeah, robin like more, conscious I guess. of what it was doing. Yeah. yeah no i like in, in fact like i can so i can see of, now yeah. like as an adult this is magical realism but like as a kid i didn't think there was anything magical about it it just felt like mm-hmm. natural like mm-hmm. of course you know <laughs> i don't know well i loved it so, because yeah as a kid growing up on a farm and like being around so many animals and like I would go up in the woods and like explore and and I would like follow the animals or like expect or just assume like it was like of course like I mean I I wouldn't have been surprised and I very much wanted the experience of you know yeah a little robin tweeting yeah, to me showing yeah. me something or you know and so i actually like lived that way basically like that like, didn't feel the farm. that strange or impossible you know yeah <laughs> just, like you follow the butterfly just felt natural. yeah or you follow yeah and so i so i really liked that because yeah it is very yeah, much I like agree. child belief and child like wonder and mm-hmm. you know you you totally believe that it is real or that it is possible that you know animals can lead yeah. you to a key to a garden to it you know <laughs> so that's yeah. really cool um and i do think there is something to like you know um the act of gardening like mm-hmm. it is very therapeutic and it's like taking care of something like sometimes you just feel better when you're able to take care of something or someone so i think that was you know very yeah. helpful for for Mary, because, like, you know, she had lived her whole life, like, being taken care of, basically, and she didn't have anybody that she cared about. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, like, teaching her something she was lacking. Yeah, and she was putting in her effort into, she was putting her effort into something, and her, yeah, her love and emotion, and, you know, and not only the garden, but also the friendships that but you know but it was all centered around the garden one of the quotes was while you tend a rose a thistle cannot grow so i feel like that's kind of you know like you were saying like tending a garden or caring for something mm-hmm. so while you tend a rose a thistle cannot grow so oh, okay like the negative thoughts and you know negativity if you're care- like kind of like if you do service that helps yes like fight negative th- exactly you know, thoughts and stuff yes um so, but I like I do like that quote. Like, while you tend a rose, a thistle cannot grow. Yeah, I like that too. So that was, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, that, that was really beautiful, that symbolism and yeah, just really po- poignant, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for But yeah, especially for Mary, because cause yeah, the whole Colin thing is kind of like, nah. If it was only just about... <laughs> Mary. Yeah, like if it was just about Mary like coming that would have to this still been an awesome, house. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it totally would have. Um, you know, not that I don't like the creepy gothicness of the whole thing, but just something yeah. about it just doesn't sit right with me. Secret, so. secret people. Yeah. <laughs> people secreted away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because of the movie. It's Maggie Smith who is um, Medlock. Med- yes. The, the housekeeper, housekeeper yes. lady, yeah. And so when she first got on the scene, when she was coming to the train station to pick up Mary, mm-hmm. I, I could not help thinking Professor McGonagall. Like, oh, see, I've watched so much. <laughs> how she bustled in, like, and she's like Maggie. Or, I guess Maggie Smith is the uh, Dowager Countess to me because, yeah. like, I've watched so much Downton Abbey, which also takes place in Yorkshire. I'd like to point out, as does parts of um, Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell. And yeah, I'm sure. And there's another connection to, um, so the castle. Yes, uh, in the 1987. Yeah, uh, there, yeah, there was a 1987 like TV Highclere Castle TV yeah, adaptation the location. filmed yeah. in the same yeah Highclere Castle that um Downton Abbey was yeah. filmed in. So all the connections, yeah. connections, and I like um yeah Dickon and Martha have very um like regional accents (laughs) well that was also something that was pretty cute in the in the book like and a really big deal is like it's brought up often it's like a really big deal is made of it about their yorkshire accents and their dialect and you know they i can't even but like they say thee and thou and like mun and like i don't know all this like i can't even think of a quote but but it's really cool but i like like it like it sounds kind of i mean to my like untrained american ear like it sounds kind of scottishy you know because it's i guess they're so far north that they're like pretty close to scotland so it probably kind of bleeds into that um yeah and it feels very like kind of poetic i mean that the words just kind of flow Mm -hmm more naturally and easily and it's really cool but but like both mary and cullen like make a point to learn how to say it and like people think that they're really cute so the audio version uh i there are a lot of different narrator like a lot of different editions Mm -hmm. so and of course i did the unabridged um and it was read by vanessa Maroni, I think that was her last name. Um, she did a really good job, but yeah, so it was cool to hear someone speak the like the Yorkshire and oh, nice. all, all that. So that was yeah, that was cool. Yeah, very cool. But, but yeah, and then Dickon, he's just so great because he's like always just pleasantly smiling. Well, yes. in the movie too, I think they cast well. He's like all really pleasant looking. And then in the book, he's kind of described as like an odd looking person. I mean, like Mary kind of refers to him as. That he looks unique, I mean, to her anyway, and then, but then he has, like, this wide grin, like, this wide smile, but I mean, but it's, like, an easygoing, Yeah, like, he just seems friendly. like such a sweet, pleasant person, you yeah. know? I, I liked him a lot. And, like, Colin was drawn to him even before he ever saw him. Well, same as Mary, like, just hearing about Dick and they were both kind of enthralled with him. Yeah. Like, this, I've never like, met someone who's not a complete jerk. Yeah. Animal <laughs> so. magic. Yeah. Yeah. So they were both drawn to him and then also to his mom. Because they, 
yeah, like they didn't realize it, but they were craving to be with around those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I love magic, like how they talk about magic. Um, like how quotes. Well, it says magic is always pushing and drawing and making things out of nothing. Yes. And, well, well, it was like. Because they have, like, towards the end of the book, like, they have this big discussion about, like, what is magic, kind of, because Colin determines that he wants to be scientific about things and, like, <laughs> do experiments, and the first thing he's going to uh, experiment on and research and stuff is magic. But but it's really, like, it seems like they're, well, like we already said, like, talking about positive thinking, and, um, and they don't come right out and say faith, but, they, you know, that was part of it too they that they allude to um but yeah but at one point they start talking about like so they they talk about the magic of repeating things Mm -hmm. like basically having mantras yeah they don't say that word but but then but then rituals um, and weather what's that ben 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 weather's b something whether yeah i forget he, uh. he's like oh like the people down the road like the drunk husband who beat his wife or something because she kept telling him weather staff weather staff yeah. yeah and like i don't know if he was being like sarcastic or not sarcastic but like i don't like, know i don't know like damn, so it sounds like maybe there was a staff. wife yeah there was like a wife who would keep, kept commenting to her husband about his drinking problem, mm-hmm. and then he, like, beat her and then went to drink some more, like, went yeah. to the like, bar or something. And so, but it's concerning about, uh, like, the, the magic or the power of repeating words. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, that's dark. I don't remember that part. <laughs> so they kind of, like... So Cullen is like, well... Well, he says, hmm... You know, he kind of thinks considers it and then he's like well she just did it wrong like that's because she was repeating negative things or so or she wasn't repeating the right things or like she wasn't Mm -hmm. but again it's like going but like now that you said about the kind of the uh theology of positive thinking Mm -hmm. or whatever like it's like oh well if she had said positive things instead oh oh. then so it's kind of yeah. This yeah. is like a dangerous line of thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and so I that really with this. yeah, yeah. So that was like um no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like like I mean, I, yeah. I feel like there's something maybe, to it. Well, part of it too you know. is like um just medicine during this time period was like awful. <laughs> so yeah, like I I I can kind of see like where you could believe that kind of stuff because you're not gonna like some of the you know common uh wisdom of the time was actually really um detrimental you know so like i mean Mm -hmm. the way they kept colin like they thought they were doing the right thing for him you know like keeping him away from sunlight and having him rest all the time like they thought that was best for his health like i don't think they were doing that to be cruel you know they were doing it yeah, him, how did so. that even get started? It's because his father was a like ha, what like has a they say he's like hunchback, but like is that a tumor or anyway? So he has a medical problem with his back, and so they assumed yeah the, the that baby had Colin it too. would yeah. yeah inherit it, but it never developed. But 
but uh, but he was was he born premature? Um, or, that's what they said. Uh, like, that, well, that's what they said in the movie, but I don't remember if that's the case in the book. In the movie, I they said she remember. like fell off the swing and like had the baby early, but that's not what happened in the book. So I don't I don't remember if he was premature or not. But I, I he was probably like in either case he was probably just like a very weak baby, and so like from from birth they probably just yeah, treat, treated like, him like what? this, and he really never developed properly. Yeah, so, and it, yeah. yeah, it is. So I guess their intention, like they they thought, yeah, like they had the best of inten- intentions, it. and they but were for very the father. You know, it's like he really just wanted to not see him. Yeah, because he was or a, not a reminder of his mother. Which, oh, yeah. I I hate this. I mean, this shows up in stories like is in the Hunger Games. You know, like um, you know, Katniss and Prim's mom is like catatonic. Basically, I'm like, get it together. Yeah. You've got people that depend on you. You know, like I I don't know. I, I have don't have a lot of sympathy for these parents. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. So what should we talk about now? Let's let's go ahead and get into food because I think <laughs> yeah I think more more stuff will will come up um as, as we yeah. go through some of the food um because food just like the garden is kind of used symbolically um mm-hmm. in the story like when Mary first comes um. She, you know, doesn't have much of an appetite. She's a very, you know, sickly, thin girl. But, like, as she kind of comes back to life, like, she develops this appetite. And one day she, like, looks at her breakfast and is surprised that she actually wants it. And she eats her porridge. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like... Oh, my gosh. Food food um, is definitely nourishment in this story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool because at the, the end, I think it's chapter 24, maybe, but they, like, go on about... Yeah, the food, like how, and they have like this dilemma, because Colin wants to keep it a secret that he's getting healthy, and and so, but you know, oh, okay. but they can physically see the changes. They in don't him. want him to look too. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, well, and because he has a he has an appetite, and so he their dilemma is like, how do we keep it a secret if they see me like eating yeah, really well? Suddenly... So he stops eating the food at the house. So the servants, you know, won't think that he's really healthy. Okay, so he's, like, eating eating in secret. (laughs) Yeah, like, they have this little stove out out in the yard. I don't know, like, this little secret um, stone stone oven. Not a stone. (laughs) Stone oven where they, like, roast potatoes and um, cook eggs. And then uh, Susan Sowerby, uh, Dickens' mom, like, she makes, uh, like sends fresh milk to them and um like special uh buns and things like that so yeah and actually that's really touching because she's this poor woman with like 13 kids or something ridiculous and she's yeah it's what, she's, she's sending kids, food yeah. to these you know spoiled little rich children but yeah she um yeah she's very selfless yeah so yeah. it's a, so specifically yeah good new milk and she'll bake them a crusty cottage loaf and some buns with currants in them. Yeah, oh, and then yeah, she says nothing. Buns. Nothing so good as fresh milk and bread. And cho- and then children like, children like that feels the young. Wait, children like that. There we go. I'm like looking at my notes. Children like that feels like young wolves and foods flesh and blood to them. <laughs> That's what she said about Mary and and Colin. Yeah, that they're like young wolves. Ah, because they're so ravenous, ravenous for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah to, well to get well, yeah, and to be healthy and to, so foods flesh and blood to them. Yeah, yeah, I like it. 
Yeah, and it said, so Colin, yeah, he awakened every morning with an amazing appetite, and the table near his sofa was set with a breakfast of homemade bread and fresh butter, snow-white eggs, raspberry jams, clotted and clotted cream, and delicate slices of sizzling ham, sending forth tempting odors from under a hot silver cover. Anyway, nice. <laughs> and then Mary, I think it was Mary or one of, because they... They ended up like they would eat their breakfast together, mm-hmm. uh, Mary and Colin. And one of them said, I do wish the slices of ham were thicker. <laughs> and then I think that was Colin. And then Mary's like, and one muffin is not enough for anyone. It's enough for a person who's going to die, but it's not enough for a person who's going to live. So she's like, I, it's saying like, I want three of them. Or so, like she goes, <laughs> so it's so funny. And then they tell um, Dick and to pass on to his mom um well that that was the house food i think anyway but then concerning what dickens mom provides them uh i think colin says tell her she has been most bounteous and our gratitude is extreme wow (laughs) big words for a little kid (laughs) yeah so yeah so there's a lot of um, food instances, well, in the film and in the book, um, but yeah, like you said, food is is very much, um, yeah, goes along with because the garden, it's like that they're watering and weeding and and tending it, and they're feeding the garden basically, and mm-hmm. and um, so then the children, the the child flowers, <laughs> need yeah, also and all the, the food they describe yeah. just yeah, it seems so like fresh and homey, and you know. Yeah, yeah really it's great. like soul food. Yeah, food for their souls. And their um, I didn't since I didn't reread the book. I don't have like specific notes on that. I just I do have like a couple things from the movie. <laughs> like one thing that kind of yeah, cracked me up me. is um like when when they're in the <laughs> talking about the beginning, huh? I sorry, I'm laughing because I'm pretty sure I know what scene you're. Oh, about. <laughs> like in the carriage. Um, yeah, yeah. When when um yeah Maggie Smith uh. Mrs. Medlock is bringing, um, yeah, bringing Mary from the station to the house. Like, she's got, like, a, like, a bucket of chicken, basically, that she's, like, eating in the, in the carriage. I'm like, okay, I guess that's, like, good picnic road food or whatever. It just seemed kind of random. (laughs) Yeah, in the book it says, um, yeah, that was so funny because you see Maggie, yeah, Maggie Smith whip out a chicken leg Yeah, she's just eating a chicken leg and I'm like, okay, yep. (laughs) Well, then Mary falls asleep. Like, that's a, it's nighttime when she picks Mary up or, like, the dark of the morning and then Mary falls asleep and then, and then the next scene or whatever like it's lighter and they're just pulling up to Misselthwaite Manor and and then Maggie Smith is like peeling a hard boiled egg. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. She so just she, keeps going. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, she she's got like a ton of like yeah. And she doesn't offer food packed away in the car. Yeah. yeah, so she's got our car, the carriage. Um yeah, yeah so she's snacking the on carriage. Yeah, snacking on. Yeah, well in the book is um, yeah, Medlock, uh, she bought a lunch at one of, like, a lunch basket at one of their stops mm-hmm. uh, on their way back to Misselthwaite. Okay. And, um, at one of the train stations, and there was chicken and cold beef and bread and butter and some hot tea. And Medlock cheered up a great deal over her meal and ate a great deal and then went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Um. So I yeah I remember Mary's first breakfast that she gets excited about is um porridge. 
Yeah. So. Well, in the yeah, in the film, in the very like the first time she see, she's like, "What is this?" And then she's like, "Eh, I don't want it." But then, but yeah, but then when she starts to get her health and stuff, yeah. She... Um, there's a mention. I'm not sure when it is, but potatoes and richly frothed new milk and oat cakes and buns and heather honey. Yeah, that's that's at the end. Um, let me see. I just saw my um, my note on that. Let me see. Oh yeah, a deep hollow to build a tiny oven with stones. Roast potatoes and eggs with salt and fresh butter. Yeah, oat cakes and. Oh, okay, so that's so that that's was what the they're making oven. on their little. The secret the, the, oven. The secret oven in the secret garden. This is yeah. this is what they're making. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, the, uh, the porridge, um, cause, so it was after, so she was, it's the next morning after she first arrives at Misselthwaite, yeah, and so the housekeeper brings her breakfast tray, and Mary thinks it's absurd to be given breakfast before she's been dressed. (laughs) Which sounds fantastic to me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then the yeah the breakfast it's porridge and jam and tea, and she like sticks her finger in it. So it's almost like she's never seen it before. Yeah. She like kind of pokes it, <laughs> like, like in the move in the movie. Yeah, I yeah. wonder what little um, imperialist <laughs> children eat in India because that's where she grew up. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she ate Indian food since she was being taken care of by her ayah. Yeah, you would think that maybe her palate would be like that. She would want. I don't know, more flavor or spicy food or like spices and, but she, maybe, yeah, but, but she sometimes never, kids she there, never talks about maybe, the India food. Yeah, some kids there eat like pretty bland stuff. In fact, like when I was thinking about it, I was thinking she probably ate a bunch of like kitchery since we know that's something that came over to England is kedgeree. So mm. that's like something they eat a lot. And that's something kids eat a lot there. Is it? Yeah, because yeah. it's pretty well, bland, and, like, you know, kids like it, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, because I wondered, because they were, like, to-do people over there, so. That's right, yeah. But you're right, but she was not part of the parties and all that stuff yeah, that her but parents went that's to, another so thing, though, because I think, like, get... a lot of the British um, people in India at that time, like, tried to make it as British as possible <laughs> while oh, they were there, you know, they, like, yeah. tried to do things, like, how they would... Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe they, maybe they do keep it all British food. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't really mention much. So, yeah, so that was kind of, it's like they just mentioned that she lived in India and stuff, but then she never really thought of it, like, compared experiences in her mind or whatever. Yeah, you know, it doesn't like, really talk about that much at all. Because it's probably the author was like, I don't know, so I'm not really I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, it isn't, like, I think I in A Little Princess too, doesn't she come from... India? So, I think so. Yeah, That's so, another one where I haven't read the book, but I remember seeing the movie Yeah, like a long time ago. So. But I don't know. They always yeah, change a I lot in the so. movies. I don't know. Then I yeah. feel like that was... A, I was thinking that as I was watching this. I was like, I feel like that was a big 90s thing that they would like change stuff for no reason. Because <laughs> mm, I feel yeah. like nowadays, and, I, and I'm thinking about specifically like... I don't know, like, Harry Potter and Game of Thrones, like, they change tons of stuff, but usually it's just to kind of streamline it, 
Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, in the 90s, I feel like they changed stuff for no reason. Like, I mean, there was no reason for that to be a, um, an earthquake versus a cholera outbreak, you know, or something like that. Like, one movie in particular that I, I, um, just watched with my daughter was The Witches, which Mm -hmm. I loved, and it's a great movie, but they made the kid American for, like, no reason. Whereas, like, the story is so British, you know? So, I feel like they're like, oh, Americans aren't... Because American kids don't want to... They're not going to relate to some British kids, so we'll just randomly make them American. Yeah, I feel like they they changed And then years later, American kids... Yeah, love love British kids. kids. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, so I feel like that was, like, kind of a nice scene. Like, they changed stuff for no reason other than to make it more palatable. So, like, I don't know how much... I don't know, stuff they changed. That's kind of a tangent. <laughs> no, but this but movie had a very, very a very true. 90s feel to me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was and fine. I can see why like, they it's made not some fantastic. of the changes, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like you said, it. they did kind of make the story... They tried to make it nicer and tighter, More cohesive, you know, so I can I yeah. can see making this, this type of updates, but then some just seemed like, why would you even do that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so in the film, there's a scene where the servants are having breakfast. Well, it's just a really quick scene, and the the cook has, like, this cast iron pan that's, that has a bunch of separate fried eggs in it. Oh, okay. And I'm like, how do you... How do you... She had to have cooked the eggs separately and then just put them all on that one maybe to keep them warm because i'm like there's no way you crack a bunch of eggs in a pan i don't know maybe and then they all fry in little blobs separately and the whites don't stick together like, yeah that's true <laughs> i was like what magic is this <laughs> see now we know that it's a magic story right it's not just magic magical eggs anymore. i don't know i'm always yeah. trying to do that like if i cook my eggs in a bigger pan i'm like i'm gonna do three at once but like it's more to challenge myself than this was like seven in one pan. Wow. Like, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, there's no way because they would have totally run together. Yeah, yeah. that's not working. <laughs> Man, eggs. Yeah, eggs in movies. They can't handle it because they cook so quickly. Like, there's no good way to do it. Like, that's another movie we watched pretty recently was The Karate Kid. And his mom is like scrambling eggs one, one morning. And, like, you could tell they're not cooking at all. Like,. <laughs> She's just kind of pushing him around the pan. Yeah. I'm like, this well, is... and then yeah. <laughs> Clark Kent was frying up some eggs, and we just did their yeah. That's right. Batman yeah, Superman, he was frying up some eggs. Too. But that looked pretty realistic, maybe. But you know, he's just trying to do one at a time, like something. Somebody something else cooked those eggs, and then he came, and then then it was his cue to like come over. Yeah, and yeah, hold yeah. The Pretend pan. like you cooked this. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so what the history of the secret garden, like, so Mary, Mary, quite contrary, like, but I wonder if that was like, what if, like, who is this Mary who is contrary and has a garden? Well, isn't it like, it's like Queen Mary, um, man, I'm going to show my ignorance of history, but like, who is Mary, Mary, quite contrary about? Yeah. But I wonder if. You know, well, you know, like with Alice in Wonderland, like, um, Lewis Carroll was like, what if these, like, card game, what if this deck of cards was real? Or, like, what if chess was personified? Or, so I kind of, I wonder if, like, Francis, um, Hodgson Burnett was like, what, 
what would it be like if I made like made a story about you know a girl named Mary who has who's contrary and <laughs> yeah and, like, because well because it, it is brought up you know that <laughs> nursery rhyme and in the book and the movie and you know about her being contrary meaning and um, yeah you know, disagreeable and all that stuff so I kind of wonder you know what was the inspiration for this book and I and maybe what if that worked its way in there the inspiration somehow yeah that's possible right. just kind of ra- random a little t- side <laughs> side wonder yeah thing. it certainly suits her oh my gosh but this I, I don't know if this was in the book but in the movie um, Medlock's first impression of Mary my word she's a plain little piece of goods <laughs> Maggie, Maggie Smith, out of Maggie Smith's mouth. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Playing little piece of goods. <laughs> yeah, there are some like seriously good descriptions of people. I like this. Yeah, yeah. And then in the book, in the movie, they made the moms were the were twins. So like Colin's mom and Mary's mom were right. twins. But in the book, it was Mary's dad was the brother to Craven's. Or to Archibald Craven's wife. Okay. So brother, brother-in-law, yeah. So not twin wives. Gotcha. <laughs> but, so a little bit more removed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so you, so we were talking about the porridge, um, and then, <clears throat> so in the movie, yeah, Mar- Martha says... Thou doesn't want thy porridge? No. Thou doesn't know how good it is. Put a bit of treacle in it, or a bit of sugar. I don't want it. Eh, I can't abide to see good vittles go to waste. Oh, wait, maybe this is in the... Yeah, this sounds like book stuff. It must be in the book. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. That's not... Anyway, so, I can't abide to see good vittles go to waste. If our children was at this table, they'd glean it bare in five minutes. Why? Why? Because they've scarce had their stomachs full in their lives. They're as hungry as young hawks and foxes. I don't know what it is to be hungry. The and I I put in parentheses the indifference of ignorance. I don't know if that was in the book or. I think that must have been in the yeah. book. The indifferent the indifference of ignorance. Because she can't even imagine is, like yeah people yeah, people being like that. I don't that. know what it is to be hungry. Hmm. Well, I would. Like, yeah, suck well, it would do the good. Yeah, it would do the good to try it. <laughs> I have no patience with folks that just sits and stares at good bread and meat. And then Mary drank. She drank the tea and some toast with marmalade. And then Martha tells Mary to play outside. Yeah, sing it, Martha. I'm with you. Yeah, and that it'll do her good to give her stomach. Or wait, it'll do her good and give her stomach. For some meat. Anyway, so, like, the, she's hoping that it'll help stimulate her appetite <laughs> by going to play outside. Yeah, and it and certainly it, does. You know, and it does, yeah. Little by little. Yeah. And that's not even magical, that's actual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My kids eat much better if they've been active all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, back to the film. Yeah, somehow I, like, scrolled down too far, and I was, like, all up in the audiobook notes. (laughs) (laughs) But the... Yeah, so the next... So once she finds... um, Mary discovers the garden, and then the next morning, 
Yeah, she's like shoveling her her porridge in. <laughs> she's like, <"Mom." laughs> and then Martha is sitting there. That was a cute scene because Martha's just sitting there, like watching her, yeah, with a smile on her face, like and looking really pleased and amused. Mm-hmm. And you're getting on well with that this morning. Tastes nice today. And yeah, was, like, I, I like that. Sl- Tastes nice today. Yeah, yeah. And there was like also like two big slabs of toast. And, yeah, yeah. So. Most important meal of the day. And I like that cook. There, she had like a whole singing moment. She was just like working some dough. <laughs> she was working some dough in the kitchen, singing green sleeves. Oh, that's right. Okay, in, yeah, in I, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, she was singing green sleeves. So that was kind of yeah. cool. It's like this moment nice. with the cook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then not food related, but when she finally meets Colin, like just some cool quotes, like. Colin's like, everybody thinks I'll die. And Mary's like, if everybody thought that about me, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> just, Love it. Just, just to stick it to him. Like, yeah. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And then he's, and then Colin says, I'm ill. And this is like after he had been having a screaming fit. And, and Mary's like, nobody ill could, could scream, scream like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. Which she has Mary, a point. You're just too cool. Yeah, but again, it's, like, her contrariness or whatever, which, like, would, you know, it's supposed to be, like, a negative thing, like, a bad her Right, bad right, because everybody else she's is completely freaking and out like, and fawning yeah. over him. Yeah, whereas she's like, yeah, whatever. She Get over dishes it. it back to him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, really cool. Yeah, so that was pretty much, that was it for the food in the, in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, just those instances. But, yeah, it was an interesting thing. In the movie, they made it a really big point that Mary doesn't cry. Right, yeah, because that's what she learned at the end or whatever. She learned to cry. Yeah, but in the book, there's not, like, it's not a thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, I guess they were, in the movie, they made that decision. Yeah, just, just a way to show, like, yeah, how she was emotionally stunted. Yeah. Kind of stopped up. Yeah. 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 Um, and some fairy tales were mentioned, were alluded to, um, but like a French fairy tale about a hunchback and a fairy, and then um, like falling asleep for hundreds of years in fairy gardens, and Red Riding Hood, um, and Wolf Eyes. Um, so that was kind of cool, and it made me. I didn't look them up, but it made me want to look up like what folk tales or fairy tales there are about hunchbacks and fairies, and then. You know, and then I thought of like Rip Van Winkle, but I know there there are other fairy stories about like falling asleep for hundreds of years. Yeah, in fairy yeah. And stuff. So that was kind of cool that, that there cool. were um, mentions of other you know like folk tales and fairy tales mm-hmm. in the story. And we're all about yeah. Those I'm all, yeah. I always love when people <laughs> drop some folk Which tales. Is why, yeah. that's, that's the reason why I brought it up because like we've yes. done episodes and stuff <laughs> on fairy tales and stuff. But yeah. Um, and so let's see. So we read that. Yeah, so I'm going to look I'm going to look for it bigger um food scenes because <laughs> there because there were there was a lot of food mentioned in the book. Um but yeah, and each in each time food was mentioned, I'm like pause, pause the audiobook and I got to like type <laughs> So it probably took me yeah add an extra hour to this eight hour. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I put it on like one and a quarter time instead of just the regular. (laughs) I bet the Yorkshire accent sounded really cute. Yeah, yeah, one and a quarter. Yeah, Um, 
Yeah, so, but yeah, it does gradually, like with Mary's arc, it does more and more as she, you know, it talks about how she um, deals with her food, I guess. Like, and that's not the right, deals isn't the right word, but like, at first she's like, meh, you know. Yeah, and then, not interested. And then she welcomes the, yeah, and then she's like all about the food. And I, and I really, I really like that because, because, you know, of course, food and fiction is our thing. Um, and so it's it's cool when food is used in different ways in fiction, like not just right. Like it's not just like flavoring the scene or or setting the stage. Yeah. Like it, I mean, you know, I I think usually it's used to kind of like flush out the setting, but it definitely has mm-hmm. like an active role in the story to like symbolize the you know her growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and and also I feel like. Um, Oh, I'm not really even sure, like, what I, <laughs> what I want to say, but, like, yes, yeah, it, it mirrors her, or is evidence of, of her and Colin's growth. Yeah. Um, but also, like, it's going back to the idea that, like, I've never been hungry, like, I've never... It's it's like, like she's, she's never, never been in a situation of want, but also she's never she's cared never about had living. An appetite. Yeah, she's never cared about also experiencing life basically yeah yeah and it's and like so, most basic so it's kind of a symbol yeah of yeah. her again that coming alive mm-hmm. you know that of, that wick <laughs> yeah yeah the wick and yeah that she is hungry now yeah and it but it's a positive thing like when we think of like the symbolism of being hungry it's like oh because you're lacking something but in in this it's that yeah she's like she, come to life basically yeah, yeah, she's like filling up, and and so I think so. It's a positive. Thing. Yeah, so yeah, wanting really to cool. live, wanting to. Her experience. hunger is yeah. positive. Yeah, um, yeah. So porridge is definitely a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so with treacle and sugar and and maybe some uh, jam and all that. Um, What's treacle? Then... Isn't it just like corn syrup, kind of? Yeah, treacle. Yeah, is it like molasses? Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. I know it's some, I know it's some kind of like sweet British stuff. I, yeah, it's like some kind of sweet syrup. That's Harry's favorite. Harry Potter's favorite uh, is like treacle tarts and stuff. Yeah, so gold. Yeah, there's crystallized syrup. Golden syrup. During the so I guess not corn syrup, but like yeah, sugar syrup. But um, so there's like the golden yeah. one and the black treacle is molasses. Oh, it says or molasses. Yeah. yeah. So there's golden syrup. Um, yeah. Because wasn't it in? Like some Dickens stories too, like the treacle. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It, Maybe like, it was like mixed with medicine. I, I think it's I like a prerequisite of any like British story to have treacle. Yeah, you gotta get some of that treacle. <laughs> Even though I'm that never... was in Alice Wonderland too, I think. Some treacle, maybe I don't know, but yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So the um, skipping rope or the jump rope uh, that you mentioned. Martha says, perhaps thou art a young and after all, and perhaps thou's got child's blood in thy veins instead of sour butter. <laughs> <laughs> thou skipped red into thy cheeks. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, let's see. Two pieces of meat and two helps of rice pudding, Martha says when Mary comes in for lunch. I like uh, those two helps of rice pudding. Yeah, it's two like, helps. We don't even need to say helping. Like, we just need helps. Yeah, that's <laughs> cute. 
Oh yeah, and hot yeah, and then mother's hot oat cake and butter and a glass of milk for when Mary visits Martha's family cottage. Uh oh, Dick and ex- so like Mary, so they're in the garden, um, and they decide that they're gonna like be there all the time and and um, you know weed it and start working on the garden, and it's lunchtime, so Mary has to go in, uh, but Dickon explains that he carries his food with him in his pocket. And he pulls out uh, this big lumpy bundle tied, it says tied, tied up, so a lumpy bundle tied up in a clean blue and white handkerchief. And there's two thick pieces of bread and a slice of something lay between them. He says it's often nothing but bread, but that he has a fine slice of fat bacon today. All right. Mary thought it looked, yeah, Mary <laughs> thought it looked queer, but Dickon was ready to enjoy it. He said, he says he'll give the bacon rind to the robin. They they likes a bit of fat wonderful. Do they? <laughs> I, love, I, I don't know that robins are carnivores. <laughs> I know, right? It's just like the yeah, the fat rind. So, but he says they likes a bit of fat wonderful. <laughs> I'm gonna call bacon fat, fat wonderful, wonderful next time. <laughs> yeah, that's the new name. Give me some fat wonderful. But yeah, so basically he's having a bacon buddy, which exactly, we learned carry which, yeah, on. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, bacon sandwich. Harkens basically. back to carry on. Yeah. Yeah, but but he says it's usually I love just drawing bread. Parallels. <laughs> yeah. It's just like an empty sandwich usually. Yeah, <laughs> poor poor kid. But that, but he always saves some little breadcrumbs and stuff. It mentions in another place. He always saves little bits for his animal. I friends. know that's so nice. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's just like his mother too. Like you know, as little as they have, they always have enough to share. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Oh, so the nurse must bring must bring up her tea with mine. This is Colin talking um, concerning Mary. The nurse must bring up her tea with mine. We will have tea together. And, of course, that means the tea meal, um, not just the right. tea drink. But that's what Colin says to Medlock uh, about Mary. I wanted my breakfast, and now I want my tea. And that's to show, like, so the, anyway, it's just speaking about how he's getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, and then he says to Mary... Like, if you'll eat, I will. And those muffins look so nice and hot. <laughs> I don't know. So they're just, just cute. But yeah, talking about... And well, and, if, and for Colin, it's very much... You know, it's like, if Mary is there, then he'll... It's like, the food is doing him good, but also, like... Yeah, just her... He'll only... It's like, he only like, wants yeah. to eat if Mary is there. <laughs> Yeah, so she's kind of part of the meal. Yeah, part of he's the, like a you know. dog that'll only eat when you're in the room. <laughs> yeah. Hates to eat alone. Oh, a cup of beef broth, or a cup of beef tea for both Cullen and Mary oh, after okay. Cullen has this huge tantrum. So, yeah, so beef tea. And that kind of reminds me, wasn't it in the um, Sunken Quan Scandal there? Because, um... Lee Seon-jun gets injured, and then they're like, we're just, like, beef broth. Like, they're talking about, like, having beef broth and stuff to oh, okay. help him be healthy again. Very so. restorative. Yeah. It feels so. very, like, um, British nursery food, too. You know, I yeah. think that's, like, a big thing they give to kids, because it's, like, pretty hearty, but also pretty, like, simple and digestible. Well, I think, and you children. mentioned yeah. about, like, maybe the marrow. It was like yeah. beef bone, bone soup or something, and so maybe this That's also, yeah, yeah, beef tea. Well, I'm assuming they mean like yeah, 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 
broth. Exactly, <laughs> beef tea. Mm. But yeah, so maybe that also has that same idea of like the like beef bone or like the marrow and the yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, and the flavor to heal, be healing. Um, he's been spoiled till salt won't save him. <laughs> Just that phrase I thought was kind of... That yeah. salt won't save him. I like it. <laughs> He's been so spoiled. Uh, yeah. Beyond help. So, like, uh, like as if curing a meat or curing something with salt... Yeah. He's um, just pure ...will make it last longer. He's he just... Yeah. He's beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Martha says that about Colin. Yeah. yeah. Um, Love some food idioms. Yeah. Oh, and then there was this whole... And this was kind of cool... Um, but I, I didn't write down the quote, but uh, the earth is an orange. Oh, yeah. Um, Did you read that, about that? That's something, yeah, yeah I, I read that, um, yeah, on the Wikipedia page. I think that's something that Mrs. Sowerby says, mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, the world is an orange, and um, something about, like, each kid Yeah, we just have a segment, something. or, like, a quarter of it, or, yeah. like, you know, a little orange segment, yeah. And then something, they say something about the seeds, or the pips, or whatever, I, I'm not sure, but, but oh, yeah. Oh, no, no child owns the whole of it, but will soon discover his or her share. Yeah. Is what she says about the world being We an all orange. gotta share, share the segments of an orange. Yes. It's not the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But there you go, the whole, the earth is an orange. Yes, take your segment. <laughs> yeah. And Mary, yeah, Mary is sharing. So that's another thing about her growth is that because she sees herself in Colin, like she's begun to change. Mm-hmm. And so she's more aware of things. And then she meets Colin and realizes that he is just like she used to be. I mm-hmm. mean, her contrariness and his contrariness. And then, she, and so she kind of coaches him a little bit mm-hmm. because now she has these experiences to reflect on and, and how she has changed. Yeah. Um, and she says, I never wanted my breakfast when I was in India, and now I always want it. <laughs> but Mary, so she's explaining that to him as he eats his breakfast and he's excited about Dickon coming to visit with the animals. So like he's, yeah, that he's actually looking forward to things now. And that's part of why they're eager, eager to eat. Like, like food is part of their hopefulness. Right. Right. Not just another day alone in this dark room. (laughs) Like they're looking forward to the day. I never wanted to eat my breakfast and now I always want it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, Let's see. Oh, yeah. Hot tea and buttered toast and crumpets in the garden. Um, and then, like, the squirrels ha- took a whole piece of cake. And then the crow, like, had a buttered crumpet. And, like, all the animals are, like, well, all the animals are, like, in on the picnic. So it's pretty cute. Like, you can yeah. just imagine it. Yeah. Um, let's see. And Dickon has his own... Um, like family garden or a garden that he works for his family. So he like, he works in the secret garden all day pretty much. And then, uh, when Mary goes, you know, calls it a day, then he goes and works in his own little garden, Mm -hmm. uh, with vegetables and, um, and herbs and the mother. And so that's like, and then her, the mother just goes and like, sits with him or like sits on the wall of the little garden of his little garden and they chat about the day and she 
and she says that his vegetables have a special flavor, you know, because the way he cares for them and stuff. But I thought that was like, they have this, yeah, she has 12 kids, but she's so, I want to say she's so mothering, but I mean, she's so, like, she's so, she's just such a good, like very salt of the earth yes. kind of person. And, you know, and the kids like Colin and Mary are just fascinated with her and like, they're like, she's magic too. Like, <laughs> Just these good, real people, you know, so different from their experiences with, with, you know, loved ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they're just so enthralled by them. And I love in the book when, um, when Dickens' mom finally visits the garden and yeah, they look at her like she's a goddess and, but she's just this plain woman. I imagine maybe she's a little plump. I mean, she's had 12 kids and she's <laughs> like, I don't know how old she is, but like, but yeah, they revere her. And, and then, and I I love it that she gives, she gives Colin a hug. Like she just embraces him and he like, oh my gosh, I just can't imagine how much like how much he needed that like to be in someone's arms you know like just yeah, to be ta bad. taken in to yeah it's like just that just it's like Archibald or what's the name Archibald Craven like just give her a bunch of money and like let her take care of everybody I know, yeah. like all the kids much, and stuff much better to she'll... grow up in her household as the yeah. 13th child yeah Anyway, but yeah, and then at the end, you know, we and we talked a little bit about the what they they were trying to keep the secret because he wanted to just he only wanted to he wanted to show his father first. Um, oh, I mean, outside of Dickon and um, outside of the secret garden people, <laughs> like he wanted his father to be the first one to see him walk, Colin, and so that right. he was trying to be sneaky and make them think that he's still sick still um, how sad like oh i hate his father so much <laughs> yeah like who cares about this guy <laughs> i don't know yeah he just he always yeah colin always wanted to please him and like yeah it's well it's because it's like he's my father and so i want his approval and his love and i yeah and so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it a secret that i have learned to walk <laughs> until until I can show him. It's like, yeah, poor kid. Poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, lovely young fowl and bread sauce and Cook invented a pudding for them but they didn't eat it to keep up the ruse. They almost made Cook cry. Oh, Mrs. Loomis is the name of the cook. We learned the name of her her name oh, at the very okay. end but she invented a pudding for the children Excellent. to try to entice them to eat <laughs> but that was when they were sending back all the food so that they would think yeah that the they staff weren't eating anything they weren't getting better yeah i couldn't help remembering oh this time <laughs> what mary like starts laughing like she tries to get herself under control but like when they're pretending to still be ill or whatever to mm -hmm. the staff Late and then she starts holding back a laugh when Colin is like talking to them, mm -hmm. the staff, and then finally they leave, and then it's just Mary and Colin. I couldn't help remembering that last big potato you ate, and the way your mouth stretched when, when you bit through that thick, lovely crust with jam and clouded cream on it. Like, 
I don't think there was jam and clotted cream on the potato, but I think she must have, her memory must have gone on to him eating a crumpet or something. But yeah. anyway, but like she's, the way your mouth stretched when you, when you bit through the thick, lovely crust. It's like, That's descriptive. She's, yeah, but she's just over there laughing it up, like remembering yeah. <laughs> how he's, I guess, ravenously eating or whatever. <laughs> it's the magic. And Mrs. Sowerby's buns and things. <laughs> buns and <laughs> Talking things. Talking about them getting... Yeah, her bun- Mrs. Sowerby's buns and things. Magic buns and things. Yeah. Do you believe in magic? I do, but I never knowed it by that name. But what does the name matter? Never there, stop believing in that big good thing. Anyway, I thought that was kind of a cool Yeah, I like that idea. Like, I never... I believe in magic, but I never knew it by that name. But what does the name matter? Right. Like, yeah, I, I like that. Anyway, the end. <laughs> <laughs> that was it for the, the food. Well, Excellent. That one That's very food, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for taking notes. <laughs> yeah, well, again, it was the scribbly, like, on my phone. <laughs> well, yeah. let's get into what we either Our made stuff. or didn't make again. <laughs> Or impending, or impending. Yes, yes. I'm going to make it by the time this goes out. Yeah, because mine's pretty simple. But yeah, it didn't happen today. Tell, tell us about it. Okay, I will. All right. So, um, yes, I was so organized this week, but of course, like you know, as soon as I get on top of it, like life happens. So my son got very sick. Not very sick, but he was sick today. He's running a fever, and he was just real needy, and you know. Um, you know, usually he plays and stuff and I can cook, but he was a lap baby today. And he said, I'm ill. And you said, nobody ill ever screamed like that. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how ill can you possibly be? You're very fussy. (laughs) So yeah, so he was, yeah, he, he needed me today. So yeah, uh, more than these oat cakes did. Uh, (laughs) But that's the plan for tomorrow, um, is to make Yorkshire oat cakes. And I actually was not familiar with this. Um, Maybe I'm not as much of an Anglophile as I thought I was. Because, like, when I pictured oat cakes, I was thinking about, like, kind of, like, little biscuity-looking things made out of oats. But they're actually, like, a flatbread. Kind of like a pancake, I guess, made out of um, oat flour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you make them with, like... um, buttermilk and um, a little bit of baking soda to puff them and then oat flour and then um, yeah just just make them like a pancake there's different like versions of them the Yorkshire version you only cook on one side so you don't yeah. you don't flip it so I'm actually kind of interested to see how that's going to turn out like if it's going to cook through if they don't cook through that much I'm going to flip them anyway <laughs> and make the Scottish flip version it, flip it yes <laughs> <laughs> but the, they're um, they're pretty cool because you you can eat them with um, sweet or savory. You can just eat them with butter. You can put treacle. Um, you can wrap them around sausages because um, you know th- they could go either way. But the way I'm planning to serve them is maybe with a little butter, but also with um, in, in the actual quote from the Secret Garden mentions heather honey, and I have some. Holly honey, which I just brought back, um, like last, the weekend before we, last, we just went to, um, Cherokee, North Carolina, up in the mountains. Oh. And, you know, we went to the, one of those roadside stands, which had all the jams and, like, different honeys and stuff, so I, I brought home some of that. I'm like, I'm gonna serve it with my oat cakes. So that's the plan. 
Nice. Local honey and... I love flavored honeys. They're so cool. Yeah. I like it too. So yeah, so I think these look pretty simple. Like, um, they're, and the method too is, like, the traditional method, which I'm not going to do because <laughs> it sounds more fiddly, is, like, you um, scatter some, like, oat flakes and then you kind of roll it out and then cut circles out of it and then, like, pan fry those. But that seems like kind of difficult because you have to work pretty quickly because it gets really sticky. So I think what I'm going to do is mm -hmm. you can also just kind of like thin it out a little bit and pour it like pancake batter and like kind of just spread it um, with some kind of flat thing or whatever to kind of flatten it out a little bit. And that, that seems like a little bit easier to handle. So that's, that's the plan. So, yes, oat cakes. Nice oat cakes. <laughs> So how about you? I'm so excited to hear about... I've already seen a picture of your clotted cream. Yeah, clotted cream. So I'm, I'm interested to, to hear how you made that. Yeah, so it was over the course of a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> so so there are different ways you can make it. Um, and But this seems... Well, it seems like the, the two traditional ways are... Um, in the oven, which is what I did, and then uh, also like double doing it in a double boiler. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not sure how long you would do. I didn't pursue that route. Um, but but yeah, the oven. So I put it in like a nine by thirteen baking dish. Uh, I put it and what's it? <laughs> um, heavy cream. Heavy cream. Okay. That's well, because in America. Like, it's not as easy to get full-fat milk. Yeah. Um, or, like, super fresh milk <laughs> um, with, a, you know, with a high-fat content and the, and the natural cream. Um, so so we have to go for the heavy whipping cream. Um, but it has to be... It can't be the ultra-pasteurized kind. Okay. And uh, so I found one uh, that is like 40% fat content and it's just regular pasteurized. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not ultra pasteurized. Um, yeah, get that ultra out of here. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so I, so I poured that. Uh, it was, uh, it was one container. I know I'm trying to remember what, how much the container contained. Um, I think it was a pint maybe. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I just poured that in, and you set your oven to 180. Okay. So very low. Very low heat. Yeah, so you slide the pan in with the milk, or with the, the cream, and then you let it cook for like 12 hours. Wow. Yeah, right? So, or even more. <laughs> um, but like this, uh, in, in my case, um, like this kind of yellowy, like waxy buildup, uh, happened on top and then it was and then underneath that it was like creamy thick and white and then under that it was uh i don't know if it would be like skim milk or what or uh, anyway so like so really it basically thin, like separ thin separates milk. the fat from the yeah okay gotcha yeah but different in a different way than if you were making butter okay um but it is buttery because it's like the fat content yeah yeah you know but um but anyway yeah so then you so once it's like that so like once 12 or more hours have passed then you let it cool off did you just leave you, it overnight or do you 
Yeah, well, I did it throughout a, the course of a day and some of the night. Oh, okay. So, like, I mean, that's just how the time. But yeah, yeah some people it. just leave it overnight. <laughs> some people just leave it overnight. Um, but yeah, and so then then you pop it in the ice box or the refrigerator. <laughs> um, not not to be confused with the freezer part. Um, yeah, and then that's and keep it in there, <clears throat> like overnight or for like eight hours or something, uh, and then it will it will really solidify and thicken. Okay. Um, and so what I did was I poured the liquid part into a cup, and then I like stirred or like folded together the the other parts, <laughs> like the white. Yeah, the two the two top. Part, yeah, and, then the, <laughs> and so some people will take away or like they don't want that yellow waxy part mm-hmm. but then but it kind of adds an interesting texture i think because then it you know breaks up into little bits and it's kind of cool um but then so you can leave it really thick it's kind of like a cream cheese texture like a solid cream cheese texture um but i added in some of the the liquid i i put some of it back in just to make it smoother kind of okay. um yeah so you can do it different ways but then but so when i was looking online um at like some images because i'm like what is it really supposed to look like uh-huh. like i don't know if i and so um but some other people's like they didn't it doesn't look like they got the like yellow parts and then some people are like i love the yellow part so okay you know. to each their own yeah, and some people have had success doing it in a slow cooker, like if you just put it on the warm setting. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, so there are different different ways of doing it and different preferences. I actually, um, I kind of, I wanted it to be a tiny bit sweet. Yeah, I was wondering if you had sweetened it or if it was yeah. just naturally like that. So or- that was kind of after, an afterthought, so I sifted just a little bit of powdered sugar. Ah. Uh, while I stirred it but otherwise I think I would put some like if I made it again I might put a little bit of sugar in while it is in the oven so that it could dissolve oh okay but then it might caramelize yeah so who knows that would be an experiment it would be an experiment (laughs) I mean would it even melt I don't even know yeah it might not if it's that low heat but so that yeah I'll have to do an experiment to see (laughs) Yeah, because, yeah, so the meal, um, so I did clotted cream because it was the, um, from that scene where the kids are having a picnic in the garden with the animals, and so they mention uh, clotted cream and uh, preserves and and butter, so I kind of, I wanted the cream to be a little sweet to kind of be different than the butter. Right. Um, But also they mentioned crumpets. Crumpets. Yeah, and so I gotta find something. I have to find. Here we go. Whenever I hear the word crumpet, well, immediately I think of trumpet. Me too. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, and so it must be like a horned pastry, like, but it's not. Um, but but and then I mean, then I get, my brain goes to Raphael, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, and uh, I I think it was the. I can't remember it was the first movie. Anyway, but Casey Jones is talking about cricket, and then Raphael's like, cricket? Nobody understands cricket. You gotta know what a crumpet is to understand crickets. 
I do not remember that, but I like it. (laughs) Thousands of 90s kids were introduced to what a crumpet is. Well, we weren't... We didn't know what a crumpet was. Still don't but know. the word, we first heard the word crumpet. <laughs> from Raphael. From Raphael. If, if you want to know what cricket is, you got to know what a crumpet is first. But anyway, so <laughs> crumpet was mentioned in the book. And so I realized that a crumpet is like a, an English, English muffin. muffin. But... Apparently, there is a difference. Well, whatever. But I, feel, I don't know. I feel like Some kind split, of semantics is happening. They're splitting hairs, and like, based <laughs> on the recipes you looked up, there is no difference. Yeah, so I don't know. So the recipe I went with so you was can make King, the King Arthur flour. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Between yeast and uh, baking soda. Like if you Which wanted. did use yeast, yeah. Yeah. And so, what I was, like, I want to do them again because, uh, I don't know, like... Yeah, I wasn't super satisfied. Well, because, so for the cream and for the crumpets, like, those are the first times I had done that. Mm -hmm. So I think I kind of want to do it again just to make sure I've got it down and to, like, and can do it. Gotcha. Quickly, like, more just do it. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, they both seem, like, I mean, especially with baked goods, like, you kind of have to do it, like, a few times to make sure it's, like, going to come out right. But really, so, but so it seems so finicky. I don't know. Yeah, so it's like you make so you make a batter and it's gonna be all bubbly and stuff. You let it sit for an hour so the. the oh, I'm sorry. Did you do yours or... with yeast or did you do it with? Baking? I did mine with yeast. Okay. Um, so you let it sit for an hour just so the batter can get a little foamy and bubbly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I and I used a, a griddle or a. Yeah, it's called it was an electric skillet or you know, on the countertop. But so you need to. I mean, you could do it with just dollops of the batter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the recipe that I was looking at for King Arthur flour was um, you take, a, like, a cookie cutter or a crumpet shape. Uh, anyway, like, a, so a circle. You want a circle cookie cutter, basically, um, so that it will keep its shape. So you pour the batter into that while it's sitting on the, the skillet or on the griddle. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and you have to cook them, like, ten minutes per side on low heat. Oh, Okay. Like three twenty five. They're kind of so thick, I guess. It took forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like taking forever and then some of the later ones like didn't cook in the middle. Oh, okay. And so I'm like, I gotta do this over again. But but the but they are t- tasty, like with the clotted cream and then I made some jam strawberry jam too. And yeah, like, I'm super intrigued by this clotted cream. Like I wanna try it yeah. now. Yeah. And that that is pretty straightforward, like <laughs> <laughs> just put it in the oven yeah. forever <laughs> and then yeah. No, there's yeah, a technique. So there's cool. a technique to it. There's like separating stuff and whatnot, and yeah. you know, I, my oven scares me. Like I feel like it's hotter than most ovens. Uh, <laughs> I would probably burn the crap out of it. But yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's like 180. I, other people might put it on a little bit different. Yeah, but like, you you wanna you don't wanna um, cook the milk too much. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. barely. So I do. That was like a long explanation about my foods, but no, I love it because I mean they, they seem like they're both kind of like quote simple foods, but there's like a technique to them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I like how you say that because it's like yeah, they like they, they don't have a ton of ingredients, foods, but like they do but, have a very specific method. Yeah, that you have so to I want to yeah. like feel comfortable, like get the technique down. Yeah, like and then so I can like relate it better 
when I type up the recipe, <laughs> like for <laughs> for the podcast. So yeah, so I'll totally do it again, maybe this weekend. Nice. Um, but yeah, so food wise, so we just throw this out there. There is a Secret Garden cookbook. That's right. Yeah, so The Secret Garden Cookbook, Recipes Inspired by Frances Hodgson Burnett's The Secret Garden by Amy Kotler. And and it says, yeah, it's published in 1999. So I'm sure when (laughs) they have, it says by Amy Kotler, Frances Hodgson Burnett, and and then they, they mentioned the illustrator but their prudency but like I don't think Francis Hodgson Burnett was alive at that time <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure it just means excerpts contributed. yeah I'm sure it just means excerpts from right from, from the, <laughs> the book. book yeah like they probably yeah. quoted from the Secret Garden <laughs> yeah so that's really cool that that exists I, I like when there is and then it looks like it's an official one it oh and this is an, yeah I'm reading the description yeah, on Amazon so she's Collins. actually like um she's a culinary histor- historian oh, so nice. these are like traditional Victorian recipes so that's yeah that's very cool I'm intrigued yeah. oh yeah the summary says uh, written at a time when many children were going hungry and even starving hmm. Burnham Burnett's beloved story celebrates the magic of fresh air, new milk, homemade currant buns, and hearty simple fare. Yeah. So that's why we talked about this book today. <laughs> because of that. Yes. The hearty fare. Hearty simple mag- fare. Magic that, that's, of, yeah, that's a good description for the type yeah, of Yeah, the magic of those good foods. <laughs> um, and then you can find other recipes um, uh, dotted around the internet, um, but we wanted to bring your attention to Allison's Wonderland recipes, which we featured her on uh, Tasty Time a little while ago, but she did uh, last summer, she did like a, a recipe series for the Secret Garden, uh, and we'll put a link to that, but she did like um, some porridge with honey and young fowl with bread sauce and currant buns so uh, several things mentioned in the book and then a couple things inspired by it um, lemon eclairs and candied flour cookies nice. so yeah oh yeah oh, look and at these flour cookies how pretty yeah aren't they pretty yeah I made some, uh, something similar for which I, I hope that we'll do maybe next year we can do this for a podcast is the little white horse Oh, okay, yeah, you mentioned um, that before. Yeah, but yeah, the sugared or the candied flowers, yeah, they're so pretty, and that's a fun, fun thing to do. Yes. And the if you buy the flower, no, I don't know <laughs> when I bought the flowers for when I made cookies like that, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat these. <laughs> like <laughs> they're like okay. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so so Allison made some really pretty, uh, pretty recipes, pretty foods for for that and we'll link to that Um, and also I'll link to my homemade butter recipe um, because that because butter is part of well part of your meal and my meal too oh that's right for the secret garden so yeah and that's easy to make homemade butter Um, how do you make homemade butter you just turn it a long time yup did you make it in a um, mixer (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <Okay. laughs> but 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 on the farm, like growing up on the farm, we actually—I mean, I never used it. We didn't have milk cattle at that time, but like we had in the house, there was always this really old butter churner. How cool! Like it was just part of the decor, like in a corner somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I didn't use that. I totally, yeah, I totally used the kitchen. <laughs> it just used, um, 
you get the heavy whipping cream again. Okay. And and just yeah, you mix it. And if you want, you could even do it as a family activity, like put it in a jar and then everybody yeah, shakes I've seen, it for yeah, a I've long seen, time. Yeah, I've seen like the, sh- the shaking ones, and I'm like, Ooh. yeah. I think I I feel like I did that like a long time ago when I was like in I don't know elementary school. And one time I yeah. did churn butter because we went to like some historical place. I don't know. I was in elementary school, and it was like you went to Williamsburg or something. Yeah, it was like Williamsburg, but it was <laughs> not that it was yeah uh, something like that yeah <laughs> yeah well nice yeah very cool yep so we'll so we'll link to that yeah so lots of links um we yeah. will put all those and as well as our recipes on our website at fictionkitchenpodcast.com yeah and you can find us on the social media <laughs> we're at fkpod for twitter and then we're fiction kitchen podcast on instagram tumblr and facebook Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.